Amen. Tonight, if we had everyone in Chattooga County was wanting to go to church or was at church, there wouldn't be enough room for everyone, even though we have a church on every corner. We'd fill every church and every chicken coop <laughs> and every storefront with people. Amen. The need in this county is great. It's, it's a lot more dire probably than we know. Amen. Uh, having a cousin that's sheriff's deputy and a brother that's a detective and the friends that I have on the police force, uh, they're very good at not really spilling all the beans because they're not supposed to talk about what's going on in the world, but they will always tell you to err on the side of caution anywhere and everywhere you go. Amen? Every day I look at 1180 most of the time to see who's been arrested, and I read their names to make sure that if I'm on somebody's property and that name kind of matches up with somebody who's been arrested, I'm going to take a little bit more caution in that situation. I'm always being very cautious about where I go and what I do. The reason why we're that, we're that way is because people need God. We live in a godless society, one that believes that we can get along without God, and that is absolutely, utterly, and completely not true. Amen? He's the one that created us in His very image, and we need Him in our lives. Amen? But I'm going to tell you, there's been uh, 100,000 ideas and explanations and uh, movements and this and that and the other to get people to come to church. Amen. They've thought of everything. They've tried everything. Uh, they deal with folks, uh, you know, try to do atmosphere and, and this and that and the other. And that's all well and grand and good. But nothing's going to change a person's life until they have an experience where the Holy Spirit arrests their heart, grips their life, convicts them which is a negative thing it's a hurt thing amen because you realize that you've sinned against the holy god and they make a move to repent amen and for that to happen god's power has to be manifested in this place and around us the folks that we minister to amen i want his power to be moving through me it's not my power amen but it's His power being manifested in my life and each and every one of our lives. That makes us the church. Sometimes I believe, and I do it myself, we don't realize as a church and being part of the church of God that God has on this planet at this moment in time, I believe we were born as such, for such a time as this. Amen? How powerful we really are when we hit our knees and we get a hold of God. Amen? And we can, and he will move, and he'll hear. Amen. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, right off the bat, and I'm just going to be dealing with the Gospels uh, with this, and later on I may go in further into the New Testament, but I'm just stating the Gospels here, talking about the power of God. In Matthew chapter 1, 1 verse 18, at the conception and birth of Jesus, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, they came together. She found to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We believe in a virgin birth of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit ministered to Mary. The power of God placed our Savior 
in that little lady. Amen. For him to be born into the world, the power of God moved upon her. Amen. Right off the bat, the power of God is moving. Amen. In John chapter 2, verse 11, we read uh, Jesus has grown up now. And this is uh, some of his first miracles. John chapter 2, verse 11. This, the first signs attesting miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory, displaying his deity, his great power openly, and his disciples believed confidently in him as the Messiah. They adhered to, they trusted in, and they relied on him. Amen. He began to display his deity and his great power openly to the world. Now, as Jesus was in the world, uh, his birth had a lot, you know, there was a lot going on with his birth. Uh, but we don't know uh, exactly what went on in Jesus' life from the time he was a child until his time of his ministry started. But we do know this. Whenever he began to move in power, people started moving and people started writing stuff down. Amen? Because things we're happening. There's one place in the Bible where they say, we never saw it in this fashion. Amen? Because Jesus Christ was operating in the power that the Father had manifested to him and the power of the Holy Spirit, and he was healing and ministering and working in people's lives. Amen? He was really making change. Amen? The power means the ability to do something or to act in a particular way, especially as a facility or quality. The, synonym, the synonyms of uh, power are ability, capacity, capability, the potential, potentially, the, facility, the property, competence. And, you know, you can go on and on with the uh, definition of power. But the ability to do something. And it came to this point where most people in their lives and the situations they were going through, there wasn't anyone that could help them, amen, until Jesus came along and he began to manifest his power, amen. Matthew 4 and 24 says, So the news about him spread throughout all of Syria. They brought to him all who were sick, those suffering with various diseases and pains, those under the power of demons. You know, demons have power as well, amen. They do. It says it right here in the scripture. But, of course, we know that Jesus, as it says here in the end of the scripture, in epileptics, paralytics, he healed them all. Amen. There wasn't one situation that Jesus came up to that he wasn't able to lick. There wasn't one time a person that was sick or they were oppressed or possessed that Jesus, they weren't put in the presence of Jesus and they went away the same. They always went away from the Lord changed. Amen. By his power. Jesus has the power still today to heal, to deliver, to save to the uttermost, the Bible says. That's as far as you can go, the uttermost. Amen. It doesn't matter how far you're going. It doesn't matter how sick you are. It doesn't matter what's going on. Jesus has the power to minister and touch and help each and every life that asks for it. Amen. The thing that I'm sure bothers you, and it bothers me as well, especially when we're in here in church and the Spirit of the Lord is moving, 
and nobody's moving towards the Lord. Amen? I know it aggravates you. It aggravates me. Because I think to myself, it's not going to change. Amen? That circumstance is not going to change. Your life's not going to change. You've got to bring it to the Lord. Amen? This and this verse here in Matthew chapter 4, after the news went out about Jesus, action took place. They got their stuff together. They threw all their stuff in a backpack, and they were going after where Jesus was because where Jesus was and when Jesus was working is where they could find their deliverance and their help. Amen? Why? Because his power was being manifested into the world. Amen? You know, and God, Jesus always uh, works off of a, really a request most of the time. His very first miracle about changing water into wine, you're like, well, nobody really asked him to do anything his mother did. And then his mother looked at the individuals that were in charge of the party, and they, she said, you do everything he tells you to do. Don't question him. Or be obedient to him. Amen? And what happened? The one of the big guys in the party spoke up and said, "Well, usually they wait and bring the you know the good wine out at this such and time, but you went ahead and brought it out. This is the best tasting I've I've ever tasted. Amen. Because that's something that Jesus did. That miracle, His power. Amen. Being manifested into the world. In Matthew chapter nine, verse twenty nine, <coughs> He touched their eyes, saying." According to your faith, your trust, and your confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. Amen. And that's where the rubber really meets the road. When talking about Jesus' power and it being activated in our lives. My trust, my confidence is in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know he has the power to heal. When me and Brother Greg were talking about it. Anytime I pray for someone's healing, the first thing that's going to come out of my mouth is, God, we claim your precious blood. Now, I'm not talking about the blood that he shed on Calvary. The Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. Jesus made a special stop for our healing before he ever went to his cross. Amen. The Bible says, by our stripes, we are healed. Jesus was beaten with the cat of nine tails. And let me tell you, that's one whoop that you don't want to get hit once with. It had several leather uh, fringes that came out, if you will. And in that leather, they had pieces of metal and pieces of bone and pieces of whatever they could get a hold of that was sharp. Whenever that whip would hit you, it would grab. And then they would rip. And we all know what would happen with that. When our Lord went to his cross... His back, his back, he didn't even have one. Amen. And he went to that special place to go through that torment that I might lay hands on someone and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Amen. Oh, I've experienced myself, ladies and gentlemen. I know about the healing of Jesus Christ. There's one time I got some people shaking their heads. Yes, you know, you know too. Amen. You know too. You've experienced it in your life. I know one time I was laying in the bathroom floor. It was when I was, uh, I can't remember how many years ago it's been, but it feels like it was just yesterday and I was sick 
And I didn't feel like I could get out of the floor. I was so sick. I didn't know what was wrong with me. With me. Mom and dad were praying, but mom and dad decided they were going to call Otis and Shirley over there and let them pray for me. So Uncle Otis and Aunt Shirley came over there, and they prayed for me. And I got up and got in the bed thinking in the next morning when I woke up that it was going to be bad. When I woke up, I was fine as I am any morning. Amen. Jesus has power to heal. Amen. He does. Jesus has power to heal. Amen. Jesus has power. Amen. We're going to keep on going with this for one second. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus summoned all his uh, disciples. He gave them authority and power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. No, not in their name, but in the power of the Lord. Amen. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power, and absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen. That means that nobody can whoop him. Nobody can beat him. Brother Messer says, what will you do with a man that defeats death? You can't do anything with that man. He's won. There's, you can't kill him. He's already died and then came back to life. Amen. He has all power and absolute rule in heaven and on earth, which has been given to him. You know, when we're seeing this, it makes your anxiety and your worry just melt away to know that the one who has saved you by his, his grace, saved you by the blood that he shed on the cross, he's got you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be worried if you're going to make it or not. I just talked to a guy that used to come to church here. He's going through a hard time. He came out of the truck, and, uh, you know, we didn't even speak, and he almost started crying. I thought, Lord of mercy, you know. Just horrible things that, that had happened to him. It was heartbreaking. It was terrible. But I looked at him. I said, buddy, let me tell you something. I know in whom we serve. You are going to go through this. This is not the end for you. Amen. You're going to go through this. That means that at one point in time, as you're going through this, you're going to be able to look, and there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. And as the light begins to shine on you when you're going through this you're going to realize that you're holding the master's hand and he's leading you all the way through he never left you amen the indians used to do uh something with their young men to kind of as sort of a rite of passage in manhood and i love this they would take them out in the woods blindfolded so that the young men wouldn't know where they were they would uh do a fire and they would tell the young men the young braves if you will you got to stay right here all night long. You don't take the blindfold off. You don't move. Anything you hear, you don't move. If you can let, if you can last until the morning, you become a man. So you know, I don't know about y'all guys, but it's a little creepy out in the woods at night. There's a lot of things going on. I just looked out my door the other day and saw a raccoon that was, it was huge. <laughs> And, and uh, so now we're scared to go outside to go to the car because we don't want to get, you know, anyways. But they would take the Braves out there, and it was terrifying for them because they felt like they, were, they didn't know where they were. They were disoriented. They were blindfolded. They're in the woods. Amen. 
And they have, they can only take the blind off at the first of light. So when the brave, you know, realizes, the young man realizes it's the morning. And he feels like, you know, before he takes it off, I made it. I was here all by myself. When I take the blindfold off, his father had been sitting over there watching over him the whole time. Amen. You may feel like tonight that you've been all alone. You don't know where you are. You don't know what's going on. You feel like you're powerless. Let me tell you something. The father has been with you the whole time. Amen. He never left you. That was never his intentions. Amen. His intentions were for what you're going through, that he would receive the glory for helping you and minister to it. Amen. And that's what we do every time we sing and we praise. We give him the glory and the thanks. Amen. He's been good to me, ladies and gentlemen. He's blessed me. I mean, I I have an eternity to thank him for it. And it's going to take longer than that. Amen. I'm thankful tonight. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 36 Jesus uh, overheard whenever he was going to heal the, the official from the synagogue's daughter. He overheard some stuff saying, them saying some things, and it looked like it was the end for her. Overhearing what was said, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Only keep on believing in me and my power. It was bad. It got worse. A lot worse. This man's life, his little his little baby girl, however she was, whatever was going on with her, it was bad news. And he got worse news. And Jesus looks at him and says, Buddy, do not be afraid. Don't get anxious. Amen. Keep on believing in me and on my power. I can do it. It's a whole reason why I've came. Amen. The apostles, the disciples even looked at Jesus and Luke and said, Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust you and your power. Amen. Sometimes we have to ask God to do that. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief, sometimes we say. And God will. Amen. But I never want to stop believing in his power or his ability to do things. Sometimes when we pray, whether we realize it or not, we have a little leash on our leg or a chain if you will we can only go so far because of the situation sometimes that we're praying for seems like because there's nothing we can do to control it we'll pray but then we're like well lord i'm going to back off a little bit because i don't know if you're going to know don't put any doubt in the scenario pray and believe continue to believe and pray amen Continue to have faith in God who has been given all authority and power over your life. Amen. He will see you through. Don't doubt him. Don't think that, well, I don't know if it's the Lord's will. Pray. Say, God, let your will be done. But never doubt him. Always believe. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 6. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority and power on earth to forgive sins... He looked at the paralytic and said, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. Amen. Do you know that this same Jesus still has authority and the power to forgive sins today? Amen. To anyone that will ask him. But even with that, there are folks that doubt. Matthew chapter 13, 54. And after coming 
to Nazareth, his hometown. He began teaching them in their synagogue, and they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? What is the source of his authority, they ask. In Matthew chapter 21 and 23, his authority was challenged by the chief priests and elders in the temple. They asked him, said, by what kind of authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to exercise power? Jesus in Matthew 29, uh, 22 and verse 29 replied to them, basically the answer to both of these questions. He said, you are all wrong. See, they were saying that he was doing this work in the, uh, in the power of Beelzebub, you know, in, the, in demonic work, he does this. He looked at him and said, you're all wrong. Because you know neither the scriptures which teaches the resurrection, nor do you know the power of God, for he is able to raise the dead. Amen. Mark, you t- Mark chapter 6, 52. Because they had not understood the miracle of the loaves, how it revealed the power and the deity of Jesus, but in fact their heart was hardened, being oblivious and indifferent to his amazing works. There's just some people in the world. Amen. That even if, I'm afraid, even if they were to see the Lord with their own eyes, would still not believe in Him. Well, Brother Brian, what makes you think that? In Revelations, I read where in the end times, during the tribulation period, as God's pouring out His wrath, that's His anger, ladies and gentlemen, on this world, there's going to be some people on the ground that instead of looking up and looking at him and asking him for forgiveness, asking in repentance, asking him to be merciful, they look up, the Bible says, and they curse him. They look up and curse him. Amen. There are some people that question and don't believe. In, on Reddit and some other places that I go, uh, there's one Reddit post called um, Atheism or something. I don't know what it's called. It's got some big long name. And you know, they're always trying, always trying. They debate, they deliberate, they wander, they say things that are blasphemous. Talking about whether God's real or not. You know? And it's just silly to me. Because most of the time, the first thing that if I ever were to write something, which I don't, but when I'm in that kind of situation, the first thing I write in there is, if God is dead, why in the world did you even start this post? Why are you even talking about it? What's the point? Ladies and gentlemen, if I were have went down the road and there was happened an accident with an animal that was dead and I came in here and told you it was dead, that would pretty much be the end of it. You know, I saw or, or some, something that happened to an animal on the side of the road. You know, I would just come in here and tell Brother Greg, you know, Brother Greg, when I was coming to church, it was real sad because this guy I know's dog got ran over and, and I saw it on the side of the road, so I had to stop and tell him. I wouldn't have to write Brother Greg a complete encyclopedia of the dog being dead on the side of the road. Yet that is what they do. Because it frustrates them. Because they really know in their heart, they really know there has to be a creator. There has to be a God for us to be here. This universe is not self-existent. It was created by an all-powerful, 
all-knowing God. Amen? Yet their endless debate <laughs> that continues even now as I speak, the thread goes on and on and on as people have these ideas about on and on and on and on about why God's not real, this Bible's not true. You would just think if it really wasn't true, if it really wasn't real, they really wouldn't be talking about it, now would they? Amen? This Bible is real. It is the truth. I can stand on it with both feet. Amen? It's helped me throughout my whole entire life. This God I know, He's an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent God. His Son, Jesus Christ, really was born of a virgin and came to set me free from my sins by sacrificing Himself on a cross. Amen? And just to let you know, as we were teaching about uh, the crucifixion the other day, He gave His life. It usually takes men three days to die on a cross. He died in six hours. This really confused Pilate because he was like, he's already dead? And the centurion that looked at Pilate to tell him said, yes. And I'll tell you why he died. It wasn't us that killed him. He said God gave him the ability to lay down his life and the power to take it up again. Amen. So Jesus, on that cross, Instead of dying like a regular man would in three days, took six hours. And when he knew that he was done with the work that he was supposed to do, he looked up to heaven and said, God, I'm done. I'm giving up the ghost now. And that is why the centurion looked at Jesus and said, Surely you are the Son of God. Amen. It was a powerful moment whenever that centurion, he'd never seen a man that could die at his own will until he watched Jesus do it on that cross. Amen. I'm sure he's killed a many of men being a centurion. And he trained many of men on how to kill folks and what to do in battle and so forth. But he'd never seen a man that was just be able to give up his life within an instant. And that is why he confessed with his mouth, surely this is the Son of God. Amen. It wasn't supposed to be dark then. The earthquake, amen. People came out of the graves and went into the city were testifying about Jesus. No, this book that I have up there on that desk, ladies and gentlemen, it is true. And it is all-powerful, amen. It is all-powerful. There is no doubt in my heart. There's no question about it, amen. It's an anvil that's worn out many hammers. There's been a lot of guys that tried to do away with it. They've tried to snuff it out, burn it. They can't do any of that. It maintains, it stays. My dad says it all the time. This Bible's like a line. You just let it out of the cage, it'll stand for itself, amen. It, it, it's just the way that it is, amen. And we have power, ladies and gentlemen. Not our own power, but that power that operates through us, amen. And I'm trying to close. Elisha had watched Elijah ascend into heaven. And his cloak fell. We all know his cloak fell. It wasn't uh, Christmas themed. (laughs) It wasn't Christmas themed, but we'll just use this. His cloak fell from the sky. There it was. On the ground. Now Elijah had told Elisha, he said, Now if you see me go, you're going to get it, buddy. You know, you're gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be yours, what you've asked for. And Elijah tried everything in the world to get Elisha to quit. 
Elisha said, yeah, I don't think you get it. I'm after what, you, what the Lord's got on your life. Amen. And I want more than that. So Elijah goes into the, the heavens and the fiery. It was something to see. I mean, it was amazing. It was wonderful. And here is Elisha, and there's the cloak. And he, buddy, he's ready. He's been waiting on this for a while, Brother Greg. He goes over there, and he grabs that, and he gets it up. And wouldn't you know, there were some bystanders over there. All the elders were watching what Elisha was going to do. And he, he looked at that, and he went over to the Jordan. And what did Elisha say? He said, where is the power of God? And when he hit that water, it split in half. And when that happened, all those guys came out of where they were hiding and said, well, Elisha got what he was wanting. He's got a double portion, amen. i tell you what's been in my heart and the reason why I've been preaching this about the power of God. I've been asking and looking around in my own life, Bryn, where's the power of God? Where's the power of God? Amen. I'm not just talking about when I'm on the inside of these walls and these four walls right here. Amen. I'm talking about when I'm out there in, in the field or if I'm out there you know, wherever I am. I remember I was at the wreck and I was talking to a dear brother about what was going on with him. And there's a gentleman at the wreck and I'd never embarrass him to save my life. He had an accident. He's in a wheelchair. But I hope Brother Brian just keeps his hand, where's the power of God? Where's the power of God? Amen. Where's the power of God? Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus can heal him and he can get up out of that wheelchair like he's, he never needed it. Amen. And he'll never have to go in it again. Where's the power of God? That's all that's been on Brother Brian's mind. That's all that's been in my heart is whenever Elisha got a hold of that cloak. Amen. And I tell you, I got some grandmothers and a grandfather that are up in heaven now. And when they left, they let a, left a legacy for me. Amen. And I'm holding it and I've got it. What they've done, my my aunts and my uncles and my mother and my father and the individuals in this church that have helped me as I've grown up to be, I've still got what you've taught me. I've got it right here in my hand. And now I'm asking God, Lord, where's the power of God? I need the power of God. Amen. I need the power of God to move in me. I need the power of power of God to move around me. Amen. I don't want it just in these four walls, even though I want to see God I want to see revival like we've never seen it before. You see, well, Brother Brian, there ain't a lot of people coming to church. Amen. When they hear about the power of God moving in amongst us, they'll be coming into church. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, things ain't getting better. They're only going to get worse. They have to before the end. And as they get worse, you're going to see people coming in those doors. Amen. They're going to be desperate to get a hold of someone that can really minister into their life. And I want to be holding the power of God. Amen. And it ain't bro, brother Brian. It ain't me. It ain't nothing I got in me. But it's something that works through me. Amen. To them. To help them. And I'm telling you right now, you might as well just come up here and take this from my hand because you've got one too. Amen. Sister Audrey's got one she's wrapped up in. Amen. Sister Audrey, the power of God can work through you wherever you go or whatever's going through your life. Amen. You got it. You got it. We got it. We, who are we? We are the church of the living God. This Jesus has been given all power and all authority. Nothing intimidates me because nothing intimidates him. Amen. It doesn't matter. Oh, Sister Maddie, right now she's in the hospital. We know if we were to ask her to pray for us, you know without a shadow of a doubt that she would pray for us and believe. Amen. She'd get her mantle out and say, where's the power of God? Well, tonight when we pray, we're going to pray for Sister Maddie. 
And while I'm going to ask God, Lord, where's the power of God? Amen. Jesus, you went, and by your stripes you say we're healed, and I claim that precious blood right now for our dear sister. Where's the power of God? Amen. I want the power of God to be moving in me, through me, and in my church. Amen. Let's all stand if we will. We're going to come up here. Uh, here in just one second.